Tell, tell the folks what we were chatting about just a second ago. <clears throat> you said you almost Literally. knocked somebody out with your hair. Oh, yeah. Um, my hair is a deadly weapon. I... I can... Technically... Strangle fate with my hair. <laughs> without, like, shifting my head or anything. I can... I can... I Yes. My hair is a deadly weapon. I I um may or may not have bruised a coworker with my hair at one point cuz I I have cuz like I have metal beads in my hair. Mm -hmm, There's mm -hmm. uh right here is like a little raven bead that I have. Wow. I I and, can imagine like a cyberpunk weapon where you you put little you know razors on them and whip people to death. <laughs> Oh my gosh! With the twenty-four months, Star Kitty, thank you, my love. <laughs> Two whole years. That's yeah. wild. That means wild. That, that I've been affiliated for tw for two years. Wow. Yeah. Time is full. Congratulations by. on two years of being affiliated. Thank you. Affiliated. Yes, it's awesome. We got Dagoth and Banana Tom here. Dagoth, buddy, you were you were you were here. OG Blaze was first. Holy crap! I'll bet you, uh, knowing Dagoth though, he was the, he was there. He just was not as quick on the typing draw as OG Blaze, Blaze was. But we appreciate both of you guys, whether you were first or second. <laughs> or if you show up at the very end. That's right. Or if you see this later on YouTube. Or also, don't for in the future, future people, don't forget to like and subscribe here on YouTube. It does amazing things. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes. Thank you all so much. We're, we're here again today for another RPG talk on Bandwidth and Banter. Uh, and today's a bit bit of a deep dive. Uh, we're going to be... Uh, uh, hey, OG Blaze. Uh, he had three minutes before you, so very possible Dagoth was here first. Yeah, yeah. So the deep dive today, I say that, I don't mean that as in kind of a... Uh, I mean that in a philosophical way because... Uh, we what we're talking about today, as you can see in the in the title, is uh, alignment in character races part one. I think it's going to take at least a couple of sessions to discuss this topic for our RPG. Um, and uh, uh, that is because the, the, if you think about it, you know, kind of philosophically, they are interesting deep topics of conversation uh yes. as as druid knows and a lot of folks who watch us know uh you know i obviously have been doing this a long time but throughout all that time i've never really been a big fan of alignment uh i mean i kind of loosely use it from time to time but m from a philosophical perspective i feel like it limits something it limits things in places that don't need limiting that like here, here's the thing in game theory you got to understand that when you set limits those limits are meant to either create some sort of challenge or to create something meaningful out of that particular moment in a game right that what it needs to accomplish something when you're setting a limit it's meant to accomplish something. There are some limits you can set on things 
that create create cool moments or, or you know they, they just create these experiences and then there are some limits you can set that end up being really bad ideas okay yeah and and some in some are kind of gray areas uh like if you're talking about just like from a mechanic standpoint i can give you an example of a a uh, a limit that's that was set in a popular game series that makes no sense and actually actively hurts the game i feel like and that's when they uh you know daggerfall had uh climbing and levitation and uh in Morrowind they got rid of climbing and in Skyrim they got rid of both they got rid of both climbing and levitation yeah and and I mean, I understand the reason why they did that was not philosophical. It was simply because they didn't want they, they, they were creating dungeons in ways that they didn't want the story to be cons, uh, to be circumvented by someone who could scale obstacles. And yeah, I feel like that was just lazy design process. I feel like they should have been able to figure out a way to make those storylines work even when the con because they had already established that in in elder scrolls previous games you could climb and levitate they sh that yeah. isn't something that they should take away after the fact that's that's yeah. an example of a mechanic right but uh in, in regards to alignment um so again as i was saying when you're setting an, uh, when you're setting a limit on something you want that limit to be meaningful and make the game more fun, not less fun. Yes. And I think in the, the original idea of it, um, when it, interestingly enough, a little bit of quick history, the original bo box set, basic expert box sets of D&D, didn't have the, the alignments that we have nowadays. They technically did have alignments, but they were only lawful, neutral, and chaotic. They didn't include the good or evil descriptor. That was only added in Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, or second edition, probably Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Mm -hmm. And uh, I understand that, that they were trying to create a, a kind of a role-playing nuance. But, hi guys, hi guys. The, the problem is, is that philosophically speaking, there's no, like when you, when you set that kind of limit, you actually uh, take away the nuance of what it is to be a living conscious entity making choices, right? Yes. You, by saying, oh, my character is always lawful good, or my character is always chaotic evil, you're, you're setting such a hard limit that it, it eliminates any nuance. Right. And, mm -hmm. and then it creates these silly arguments where oh, where the where the DM might say, oh, well, your character wouldn't do that because he's chaotic evil or uh, or you say, you can say, well, my character would do that because he's this or that. And, it, and, and yeah. then it, then you're back. You're into this philosophical conversation. The reason why I'm not a big fan of alignments is simply for that reason, is that it creates a limit where there doesn't need to be one to have yeah. a story where characters are interacting in a world that you've that you've created um 
that limit doesn't have to be there. The nuance mm -hmm. comes in the way they act, right? Yes. So if a person yes. who's created a character has a, a certain personality that they feel and certain drives and motivations that that character has, yeah. they can role play those things and then the acts that they, that they take in regards to those motivations ends up being the result, whether it be quote unquote good or evil or neutral mm -hmm. or chaotic or lawful, etc. Yeah. yeah, and I just want to add to that by saying like everybody is gray. Not everybody is completely good. Not everybody is completely bad. Like there's right. it's everything is always in that gray zone. Yeah. And it is very much a um, like because I don't know how I would react to certain things until it's presented to me. Right. And in the heat of the moment, it might actually not be the best thing. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't make me evil because I decided on impulse in the heat of a moment to do something that for, okay, so for example, in like my other D&D game that we play on Fridays, you know, I'm playing a character who grew up as a bounty hunter mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and has seen a lot of crazy things happen. And she's not a bad person, but her initial reaction in a situation is to, you know, like, like grab them, hold them and interrogate them. Like, and like that did bring up some of these like interesting questions of like, well, is Gwendolyn good or bad? Well, Gwendolyn's not bad. She just was in the heat of the moment, was trying to get answers and she chose to do this thing but she's not bad she's just you know so like i completely agree with you and it, it's very nuanced and right. being trapped in by like the chaotic or lawful good or all of those things like i i think it's a good starting point but it's not like right. it should completely dictate everything like it's a really good foundation like fern is Chaotic neutral. I don't know, but the way you've played her, I would say she's more chaotic good. You see, and, the, and, and the, yeah. that's the thing. That's 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 the point I'm making. Is exactly. the interpretation happens after the fact. Mm -hmm. How do you decide ahead of time that I'm going to always act a certain way in every situation? Yeah. And and so ultimately, uh, I, I I feel like. It's okay to have the alignments there as sort of a guide to mm -hmm. a general kind. If, if, if a person who makes a character in an RPG feels like they need that sort of guide to, as a core to where, where to start from, that's okay. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's, yes. a, it's a scale, right? It's a, a gradient. Um, it's, you know. a, it's a starting off point. Right, right. But, but I feel like we, it's something we need to talk about for our RPG we're creating. Because I would be totally fine with eliminating them from the game alt altogether. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, and there's some reasons for that beyond just this philosophical talk that we're having now. One of them is, is relates to um, character races, right? Because in, in mm -hmm. D&D, uh, at least in the past, in the history of D&D, uh, even though that's kind of 
slightly changing with some of the newer books in fifth ed. Uh, it was kind of very black and white. There were certain kinds of races that were the quote unquote evil races, right? Uh, the orcs and, and uh, hobgoblins and goblins and kobolds and, and you know, those, those kinds of things. But, but if you think about it philosophically, how, how is it really truly possible that an entire race of beings is, is just straight up always evil, right? I understand that their culture yeah. might, they might be raised, their culture might be evil. But then, then you have these really interesting nuanced stories where somebody came out of that culture and, and wasn't evil anymore. Right. Yes. And you can go the other way, too. Right. You can have a, a culture that's that's that's, you know, you could have like a, an, a, a, a like a fairy culture where all, all the, the, the fae creatures, uh, uh, you know, they're all about, uh, you know, healing and light and love and stuff. But then there's this one fae who, who just ends up being a bit too, too chaotic and, and you know, goes down and like, there's, you know, you know, what I'm saying there's there's always this nuance. And, yeah. I, and, and that's why anyone should be able to make a character race anything that they want. And mm -hmm. if you go that route for the player characters, then really you should also do that on the other side of, 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 of the, um, um, the, DM the DM screen, right? It means that yeah. it's up to the DM to create a more complex and nuanced, uh, you know, kind of world where mm -hmm. uh you know if you're going to have a nation that's authoritarian and and wants to conquer everybody you know it, it, that's from the top down right and that's fine mm -hmm. that their culture and their nation is that way but that doesn't necessarily mean that every single person of that particular race or nation is going to be evil there's going to be exceptions and yeah. so uh, that you know that's that's kind of where we're, where I'm where I'm at with it why I think that uh, we should not limit the races that way when we create our RPG, and we should not limit the uh, the um, um, the alignment of player characters. You know, mm -hmm. I, I just don't see the need to have it because it creates limits where there don't need to be any. When mm -hmm. players play, they can play a nuanced in a nuanced way. You know, I don't. Yeah. I guess what I'm getting at is is. Uh, um, now, that's not to say that you don't want to, if a, if a player creates a character and in their background, a lot of their background is, uh, you know, you, you can basically nuance your character in interesting ways. You could have a background where the parts of your background kind of lead you to certain kinds of choices and personality types as a potential, you know what I mean? As, as they're gonna, mm -hmm. they're gonna happen more often than not, with a certain background, you're going to have certain kinds of choices, right? Mm -hmm. But again, there's even there's even times where that's not true either. Because yeah. uh, let's say you had a character who grew up, uh, you know, uh, their parents were awful, evil beings. And they, they abused them and did terrible things to them. And there was murder and death and violence around them all the time. You, you, that kind of person would more than likely potentially be another evil person. But that's not always true. And some of the most interesting yeah. characters are characters that came out of that, right? And mm -hmm. chose a different path because they yeah. ended up being self-aware enough to see, oh, wow, this isn't what I want. This isn't good for me. And so I want to, yeah. 
you know, do something uplifting with my life, right? Yeah. And, 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 and also, again, it's a fantasy game. It's an RPG. So you, you can yeah. go the opposite way, right? If you want to make a really dark character, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to do that. Uh, yeah. It, it, but a dark character, even a chaotic evil character, is occasionally going to do good things in the name of, of their own kind of selfishness, right? Like if they're yeah. part of a party of people that that they have grown attached to in some way, they're going to potentially do things that protect those people, right? Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I, I guess that's why I wanted to discuss this a bit. I like what Daddy Dagoth says. There's no limits here in Stormkeep. <laughs> well, that's not entirely true, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> um, oh, thank yeah, you, Ezo. There's Izo. no limits. And Ro Fire Rusty, Satanics. thanks for joining. <clears throat> Enjoy your work, your 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 work lurk. Have a, have a good one. I appreciate your brother so much. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean that's kind of where I'm at in regards to maybe maybe it isn't that 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 maybe it won't need a two parter. I don't know. I think it will because the other there's another part that kind of goes into this. Mm -hmm. you, know, you and I talked about this a little bit earlier, and that's that the character races in D and D, and a lot of TTRPGs. Are honestly a little bit racist, and mm -hmm. and and what not like where they, there's a direct correlation to racism in the real world, but similarities, right? And the the whole idea that somebody from a particular race is always going to be evil—that's mm -hmm. that just like I said, I don't like this concept. It, it yeah. philosophically, it doesn't actually make sense. And then, yeah. uh, uh, and then on top of that. The other thing, it's kind of smacked of, it smacks of colonialism, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, because a lot of the, 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 the demi-human races, like goblins and, and hobgoblins and orcs, they're always depicted as wearing, you know, like skins and hides and leathers and, and stuff like that. Uh, like they're tribal people, right? And, and then, you know, the, but the uh as as humans and elves and stuff move in to encroach on their territories on their on their where they live like if you really think about it a lot of the things that adventurers do are, are kind of really dark and, and evil right like the, the 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 old joke that uh that characters are are, are basically just wandering murder hobos is kind of true right they basically yeah. are hobos they're homeless people that wander into um you know a monster's house and kill it to take its stuff i mean that's yeah. one way that's a very black and white way of looking at it yeah 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 yeah. but that's the point is that if you only look at it one certain way it's very black and white right yes obviously it also depends on the story that the dm is trying to tell right it is very heroic for a knight and his and his adventuring party to wander in to slay the dragon that has been you know, murdering townsfolk for generations, right? Yeah. I mean, so yeah. it's it. Then it becomes, but you know, I I, I guess. And then on, but also on the flip side, like mm -hmm. there are, you know, the goblins, you know, could be, you know, just like just as like infringed upon, and just as you know, right upset and angry they have their own like customs they have their own you know thoughts and ideas of how they see the world and to them they're not evil it's these you know 
these humans and elves that are evil because they did all these things and so like you could easily like roles reverse like flip that you know playing devil's advocate right so um a point that i wanted to ask then so like so this all comes with like character creation so that's kind of what we're talking about right now Mm -hmm. character creation backstory and all of that right so So then in that character creation, you know, you pick your character race and then you pick your backstory. I can, mm-hmm. you create a backstory. So is that going to be something like we're going to off? Like, would we like offer like you come from this kind of a thing? Like you come from. So this is your race. And like these are like all of like the racial, you know, these are all the backgrounds that you could pick from or you could pick what or you can use your own and you can like right. use these things. Right. So I- like what is so. So I guess my question is, um, what is your goal when it comes to like how how would this be on paper and how would we create the character knowing these things? Like, so does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And and actually, you're kind of uh, it was a great segue into the next part of what I wanted to talk about, and that is that um, I think that. The two things that should matter most when you're making your character instead of uh, race should be your ancestry and your background. And, and because when you say it like that, when you say ancestry and background, right, they're, they're kind of similar to each other. But ancestry yeah. is really kind of like the um, literally your ancestral line. Right. Yes. In background is more like your own personal story of when you, you know, what got you to where you are now. And they're, yes. they're similar, but t- two different things, really. Yeah. And, and, and so and the reason why I wanted to talk about that is because I feel like. If somebody wants to make a, a, a cabal, I mean, this is kind of off topic, but also on topic. If, if a person wants to make a kobold who's super strong or a, a, a gnome who's super healthy or a, you know, an elf who's super strong, well, I'm, I'm keeping, or a, a, maybe a half-orc that's not strong but is very charismatic or, you know, mm-hmm. they're neat. I feel like if you go this route and you don't um, focus on, like, there should always be exceptions. Does that make sense? And when someone is making, now obviously any DM can work with their players to make exceptions. And most yes. good DMs will do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's no reason why we can't bake into the, the baseline of this game that that is the way it works. Right. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is, is, for example, when we were making our characters, we talked about this the last time when we talked about ability scores at first level. We, we talked about wanting, you know, it, wanting to, on top of the level progression points you get to put into your ability scores, that you get some points to spend from your racial characteristic. But again, mm-hmm. that's kind of racist because it's saying, oh, well, this race is always going to be stronger than this race. And this race is always going to be faster than this race. And this race is always going to be more charismatic than this race. But yeah. honestly, that's that's just bullshit. <laughs> right. Um, and and I, I, I'm just going to say, like, you know, visually. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm very, you know, fringe. Right. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I have big makeup. 
I have green hair. I have dreadlocks. I have shaved head. I, you know, mm-hmm. when I'm going out to public, I dress, ex- you know, very exe- very eccentric, right? Mm-hmm. You would never think the people that love me the most and I click with really, really well are a lot of the older generational people. But and like you would never like pe- most people assume like a lot of like older people are going to look at me and be like, this girl has no future. Right. But turn around like here I am. I am this like alt girl. And they're like. And we all click really well. Mm-hmm. We all really like each other. We all get along really well. And so like obviously like I like that's just another example. Yeah. Of, no- like, you know, just because I look away doesn't mean Right. Doesn't yeah. mean, yes, exactly. And Doesn't that's exactly, mm-hmm. you, you nailed the point that I was trying to get to. And that's that, uh, you know, uh, there's no reason why you can't just bake into the system that those kinds of things uh, are based upon player character choice at the beginning instead of uh, arbitrary limitations. If I want to make a, 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 a hulking bruiser gnome, you know, who likes to fist fight or carry a big ass battle axe, I should be able to do that because it's a fantasy setting, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, and so I think that's I think that's that's wonderful, right? Um, the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine Banana Tom gets gets prejudged a lot. Yeah, I can yeah. I can see that. And <clears throat> I have this like clip in my head from when I was like trolling on Instagram, and I should have sent it to you because I feel like you would feel it in your mm-hmm. soul. And I'll see if I could find it and send it to you later because it just adds on to what we're talking about yeah. right now. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, back to it. And so I feel like here's the thing, <clears throat> kind of dialing back to the alignment talk. When you when you when you set the limitation differently, when we, we create it, we make it such that <clears throat> when you create your race, you can <clears throat> pick attributes. Wow, <clears throat> whichever attributes you want to boost should be depending should depend on your ancestry and your background instead mm-hmm. of your genetic makeup. Or what if? Or those like extra, so those extra points. Hi, Ilds. Um, Ilds to see. What those, up, buddy? Those extra. Um, so instead, like maybe instead of getting those like those racial points, those extra points come from your your class. Well, we like, already talked about that. The class is already going to be getting three points for every level up to a certain point and then it backs oh, off. You're right, bit, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. So that's fine. But it occurred to me at class creation, <clears throat> our first level character, if we're only spending three points, is going to be super weak. And, and, and I get that I want to make it a tougher progression than it currently is at the beginning. And mm-hmm. I want, and the other reason I like our, our ability score progression is that you get something every single level. Right. Yeah. But I still feel like at the first level, it might be a bit too weak. Hello, yeah. Lord of Chaos. Welcome in. First time chatter. We appreciate you. I feel like my I feel Lord. like I know your name, though. He's uh, from, from my somewhere. chat. 
Uh, how you doing? <laughs> this is one of my people. Oh, one of your folks. Right on. I thought I'd seen Lord of... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Welcome in. It's an honor to have you. So, um, yeah. Uh, oh, back to back to what I was saying about with uh, with again with D and D races. Uh, in the past, a lot of them, most or many of them, or a lot of them have have been set up to say, okay, this particular race is evil. Well, if you take away alignment at all altogether, then that doesn't become a thing anymore. And then the DM can be as creative as they want. They could make a society of orcs that's has super advanced, you know, stoneworking technology, right? And they're really great at magic and they're mm -hmm. really peaceful and democratic, right? Mm -hmm. And then they could make a bunch of humans who are like super tribal and, and they're like barbaric and they want to, you know, war on everything. And that mm -hmm. would be interesting and different. Yeah. And yeah. within the realm of, of imagination and creativity of a fantasy world. I, I feel like the, um, I feel like the very first sentence of of the of the book that we will one day make because uh -huh. it's going to happen. It's going to happen whether or not, you know, it's going to happen. <laughs> the very first line of the book is. These are all guidelines. You're only limited by your imagination or something along those lines. I agree. I agree. Technically, I think. I think the I think uh, one of the D and D books does start that off, but it doesn't. It's not the first two lines. It's somewhere at the beginning. But honestly, most people don't read that stuff, and that's a shame. And we need to make it such that it's like super obvious, super big. Like there are a lot of folks who, when they they get into D and D and they've been playing for a while, or if they have, or if they're new, whatever. D there are some DMs who kind of get caught up in this rules lawyer mechanic setup. There are players that do that too, right? But they, they have not been, it has not been trained into them or they have not realized it has not dawned on them, right? They have not had the epiphany that really the first thing should, should be fun always comes first. That should mm -hmm. actually be the, the first line. Fun yeah. always comes first. Um, the, 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 the limits here are on the guidelines, uh, really the, the, the true limits are only the limits of your imagination, right? Because, uh, this, this, that is the, the essence of role-playing games, right? And, uh, and that's why I, I like the idea of just ditching alignment altogether because it solves a lot of problems. It doesn't actually, by adding it in, it doesn't, it doesn't solve any problems or make anything more, more interesting. It actually makes things more difficult for, for no reason. It's one of those kinds of mechanics that doesn't need to exist within the game. I, that's what I have come to believe over my decades of playing TTRPGs is that alignment is just an unnecessary addition mm -hmm. that's too limiting. And it limits the way the DM can tell his stories, and it limits the players on how they can tell their character's story. Yeah. I, I definitely feel like that's something that really needs to be highlighted in the very beginning. And then 
when it comes to like character creation, having like some starting off points and just saying like this is the starting off point to what your character will grow to be. This is where your character is at now. If you need a line, like, you know, giving the option, like if you need a guideline for like an alignment of where you are currently, this, this could be it. Mm. See, I don't know. I, at, I'm glad we're discussing this. I'm sorry to interrupt you and, and disagree with you. I'm like, I feel like if we're going to have alignments, we're going to have alignments or we're going to mm-hmm. ditch them. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Like, I feel like, I guess what I'm getting at is I think that, that people who get into RPGs and want to play them are sharp enough that they don't need that particular limit. Yeah. You know, uh, they want to make a character. They want to make a character and they want to live out a fantasy of, of being this character in a fantasy world. Right. Yeah. They already have a vision in their mind of how that character is going to be and act to a certain degree. And, and the more they come up with a backstory and an ancestry for that character, the more they're going to be able to continue to fill out, hey, insomnia night. No, no worries, brother. No worries at all. Um, this time. Yeah, Eltasine, the player's handbook does say that. It's just not r- r- early enough in my perspective. Perspective and and it, it needs to be like the core focus because again there are a lot of folks out there playing D and D and 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 if as long as they're having fun that's fine but there are a lot of folks out there that they get they get too caught up in the rules and the mechanics of the game and they ha- they they forget that the fun always comes first and uh, and it's really a DM's job to help help the players have fun. Right. That's that's the, the primary goal of a, of, a, of a good DM is to, to help the players have fun, to facilitate that fun. You got to be a good DM. You got to have fun when your players are having fun. Like part of my life philosophy is the reason why I feel like I'm a good DM. And that's that the people that I care about, I find joy when they are in joy. Right when they're enjoying yeah. their life and themselves, it brings me joy, and that's my first philosophy as a DM. Can I help? And I fail sometimes. Don't get me wrong. There are times when you know I stumble a bit, and there have been times in my past where I have I have uh, you know gotten caught up in the rules uh, to a bit too much and, and had arguments, uh, and I failed as a player before too. I I you know, but it's through these failures that I feel like I've learned and grown and why I'm confident that the key to great role-playing is, is this philosophy of let's have fun guys, you know, and, and the DM that wants his players to have fun is going to be way more successful. So, and, and I honestly, like I said, I think that alignment, we, the reason why I know it will work without it is because, uh, my my regular playing group that we play with on Sundays, my you know our, our the, we did away basically kind of did away with alignment a long time ago, and it works mm-hmm. fine, right? Yeah. And you guys, when we started Isles in the Mist, I don't you may have written down something for your alignment, mm-hmm. but we've never focused on that on on that side of things. Yeah. 
You know how to be true to your character more than I as a DM. You know, I shouldn't like. It's like, don't you think it seems like an kind of a um, an asynchronous thing when a DM tries to tell a player, "Oh, your character wouldn't do that because of this alignment restriction." I mean, it's a friction point. It's a friction point. I mean, they they could be right from a certain point of view, right? But ultimately, mm-hmm. just because a person is of a is generally of a certain alignment doesn't mean that they're going to make they're not going to make mistakes, right? Or yeah. if it's if it's considered a mistake or just simply go outside that line. So, yeah. I just to add to that too cuz like you know, Fate and I talk about our characters literally all the time. We're <laughs> always, like, we're literally always, we're talking about our characters all the time, whether it's, you know, Isles in the Mist, or it's our Friday game that we have. It's never a, it's never a conversation of alignment. It's always a, would Fern act, would, how would Fern react to this? Mm-hmm. How, how would Lorcris react to this? And it's like, we'll do like hypothetical things. Like, if, you know, if this happens, how would Fern react? Uh, she would probably freak out and try to kill them. Or she would, you know, whatever kind of hypothetical situation it is, like, but it's never, like, because she's chaotic neutral or chaotic good. Like, you know, how would she react to this? It's It's the actual, like, as a character... Like how, like, and as like her own entity, like how would she, as this, you know, like, it's, it's harder for me to put her in that box of chaotic good, and to be able to make decisions that way. It's easier for me to go, okay, I am now Fern. How would Fern do these things? It's very different, and it's a very different mindset, and it's so much harder to dictate choices when it is based on alignment versus based on the on her mm-hmm. and in in like the situation itself. Because the situations, it's like it could literally be like she wouldn't care if Lorcris did a thing, but if she saw somebody else that like if she saw somebody else do it, she might go, "Why the, Why would you do that?" But she literally just watched Lorgris do it. And she's like, yeah, it's Lorgris. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, but like, who knows? Like, right. who knows until she's there? And, 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 and you just kind of, kind of teased on it, too. And, that's because, and that is that if you try and um, judge a character, whether it's yours or somebody else's, based upon the lens of, of a, an alignment, that lens is going to be your interpretation of that alignment mm-hmm. and your interpretation of an alignment may not necessarily line up with other players and the DM's interpretation of that alignment. And that in right there is the core of the problem of alignment as a philosophy, right? Yeah. Like a lot of people, here, here's a perfect example. Most players who first get into D and D, they, when they read the alignments and they read about paladins, they automatically assume 
they, they get it. They some really are drawn to that, and some are really actively kind of ew, that's yucky. Paladins are really awful. You know, they're always going to try and enforce their laws and everybody else, and and you know they're very strict and and yada yada yada, and uh, they're always going to be at, go out of their way to kill evil and stuff like that. But Personally, if you really dig deep into the idea of lawful, and that's that's old school, by the way, not fifth edition. Fifth edition uh, did away with paladins having to be lawful good, right? But in the old days, paladins were the the quintessential holy knight, right? The crusader, right? But and 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 people were right to really call that out because. Crusaders were kind of awful. <laughs> they were trying to force their views on other people, right? Yes. But on the same on the same token, so now now there's this disconnect because people are like, okay, a paladin is lawful good, but a paladin acts this way, so lawful good is bad. I don't like this. But really, mm -hmm. if you stop and think about lawful good in a philosophical perspective, right? A lawful good person would yes they would try and uphold the law and order because that's just they, they believe that order and law is a better society right and they would try mm -hmm. and be a good person in that they would go out of their way to help people they would heal people they wouldn't want to hurt people well mm -hmm. a paladin or a crusader doesn't really fit in as good if you look at that if, from that perspective because you know what i'm saying like i always i I'm going to tell you guys an example of my favorite D&D &D character that I ever created for myself, that I've ever played with. I've only got to play with him once, and it was so much fun. I created, in 3.5, there are a couple of special, special types of things you could do. I created a monk. I forget which race he was. He was probably human, but maybe not. Um, and his name was Archon. And uh, uh, what was unique about him was he, he had a special prestige class. I forget, I'm kind of forgetting it. Uh, but the bottom line is, is he took, took, took two special things about himself. One, oh, he took these vows. He, he took a vow of poverty and a vow of nonviolence. And you're like, wait a minute. How does a character in Dungeons and Dragons take a vow of nonviolence? But it was so much fun, and I made him lawful good. And to me, he was the truest, purest form of lawful good. Why? Because he would go out of his way, not only to help and heal people, but he would go out of his way to try and save the, 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 the evil people that were trying to kill him. He would go out of his way to try and... I, there was this one adventure where we went into this goblin cave, and they were led by this ogre. And he was super, my character was super charismatic, and I made these great arguments philosophically, and my DM went with it. And I literally talked this ogre into giving up his life as, as a tyrant and to go off and be an ascetic monk. Because we held, I, I, I made great convincing arguments, and I made good roles, and ultimately, it was such a fun adventure. And that, to me, is the right, right way to play a truly lawful good person. Because a, mm -hmm. a, a good person wants everyone to succeed. They want to share the world, right? Mm -hmm. uh, a good person doesn't necessarily go out of their way to hurt other people, right? Mm -hmm. And so that was the, the, the point of all that big old long story is that 
it's really about interpretation of, of the alignments and the alert the alignment system is so nuanced. It's too nuanced. It's, it's too mm -hmm. arbitrary in some way. I mean, I guess I, it's a contradiction. There are ways where it's too nuanced and ways where it's not nuanced enough. When the yeah. alignment system is in place, it, cre it, it actually takes away nuance, I believe. And that's why I yeah. like this idea of just doing away with it. And as Insomniac United said, they did away with alignment on, on their, their stuff. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I just think, hey, Majestic Wolf, hello. Um, um, I like what, I, uh, I'm curious to know what you think of what Iltacene says when he's, he asks, uh, what about a morality system instead of an alignment? Um, I, like uh, my, 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 my initial instinct on this, obviously it was something, something that we need to, you know, kind of think about, but my initial. Yeah, I wrote it, I wrote it down. Right, so. right, right. My initial reaction is that the problem then is, is still the same. It's like, what problem are you trying to solve by adding a system at all? Like, for example, yeah. when I go and play Fallout on the computer, let's say, let's take Fallout 3 or Fallout New Vegas as an example. There's no alignment for my character. I can go mm -hmm. and do whatever I want, right? If I yeah. want to go into the, the, the town, the, you know, you get this, one of the first towns you go to, you have all these, they, they tell you, oh, we're going to be, you know, these raiders are going to come and, and, you know, we got to pay our stuff to them and blah, blah, blah. If you want to, you can actually kill all the townspeople inside with the raiders or vice versa you can save the townspeople and, and kill all the raiders or you can do neither one and just say oh well this is their problem and go on your merry way right so my point of that is is that when you're creating your character in an rpg on a computer or you know there, there's no there's no like when it's a true open sandbox kind of world uh there's no need for the alignment it's just, it's, it's an arbitrary limitation and there's no way to actually, if you think about it, uh, there's no way to arbitrate that an alignment in a game, uh, other than when, when a game developer has created a story that's very black and white about the only way I could see a black and white. And I did this in one of my campaigns. Uh, one of my campaigns, I did a berserk inspired campaign. For folks who don't know, Berserk is a, 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 an, an anime from the 90s. And uh, it was basically about fighting demons. And, and that one was, despite the fact that almost every enemy that the, the, that the players faced were demons, I still was even able to add nuance into that. Even though the, the, the demons are obviously going to, I mean, they're, they're literally from, from hell, so they must always be evil, right? But uh, I am of the perspective that, that pretty much, you know, there's no, there's no pre... Like, I feel like even a demon could potentially find a, a, a reason to not be evil anymore, or vice versa, you know? An angel could 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 find a reason to become evil, right? So, uh, any rate, um, yeah, that's uh, that's that's what I think for for our, our RPG. I think we should do away with alignment because it solves some problems that mm -hmm. that are, and it doesn't solve any pr problems that actually exist in the game. Yeah. As far as guidelines go, you can as long as the DM is helping the players create their character. 
they can help them decide what their motivations are, right? And then yeah. that's going to be dynamic in the world that they've created. Yeah. So, um, and just oh, and just ahead. to highlight something that Ilp says mm -hmm. is murder hoboism a problem to solve? No. There's well, gonna there's gonna be people. There's no matter what there no matter what we do. Uh huh. People, there are going to be people that are just want to do the murder hobo game. Oh, oh, you meant like in an overarching for? Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. No, I you agree. You know, it's it's not what? a problem. It's no, like there's it. You can play like literally, like the sky is the limit. You well, know, yeah. And you, you, you I, guys, I don't think it's a problem. Right, and you there's guys hinted be, on this, right? If we do it like this, then if somebody wants to do the murder hobo stuff, they still can, right? Yeah. This doesn't limit that if somebody wants to play the old traditional way then they've they know of alignments they can put them in their game if they want right yeah, it's flexible exactly that's the whole that's exactly it i want our rpg to be as open and flexible as possible so mm -hmm. that anybody can pick it up easily and go oh wow this is super easy to get into and uh, i can get super nuanced or i can get super uh focused in black and white Hey Lee, welcome back. <laughs> yes, yes, you're right, Insomni Knight. As a DM, there's lots of ways to fix stuff, right? Absolutely. But uh, I feel like that at the beginning, at character creation, like uh, it, it's more fun for my players. I've found when the DM works with the players on how they exist in the world that the DM is creating. A lot of times, uh, players and DMs have kind of a disconnect. A DM will have their vision and idea of a world that they've created, and they just want to plop the players into it, right? But in reality, those, the characters of those players are part of that world. And so if you want the players to feel a part of that world, it's better to work with them to integrate their background, background and backstory into the way the world is. Because, you know, um, yeah, like for example, here's another example. In my, my personal play group I was telling you about that, that I play on Sundays. Uh, uh, for the first time in many, many years, I will not be DMing it very soon. Uh, our, our friend will be DMing it. And I can't wait, I haven't played in forever, and so it's gonna be a lot of fun. But uh, when we first started, started, I had this kind of idea in my mind of a character I wanted to play, right? Uh, there's a certain race in 3.5. It's a really unique, different kind of race called, uh, I forget the name of it. It's like, not Hellspawn, but like, um, I forget the name of it. But it's this interesting concept where uh, your character was basically already a, a really bad person. They had already been uh, done a lot of evil deeds in their life, and they've already been damned and gone to hell. And but somehow or another, uh, the the forces of hell, like I forget the the real backstory of it, but basically, the um, uh, the idea of the race is that they get shunted out of hell and get a chance to redeem themselves. To uh, And so they go out of their way to do good deeds, to try and find that redemption. Sort of like Constantine, in a way, from DC Comics, right? They want to, they want to redeem themselves, right? And so that was this, this, this character race. And so I talked to my friend uh, about, about that kind of, you know, if I could play that race in his world. 
And we talked more about his world, which is going to be very dragon focused. It's got a, it, it's focused, the, the deities aren't your regular D&D deities. They're all dragons. And uh, the heaven and hell of his world are, are dragon focused. And so because of that, my character idea wasn't really going to work. We could have worked something out in a way, but the bottom line is, is it, it, it wasn't, it was going to be shoehorned. And it wasn't going to feel like my character concept, my race concept was going to fit. And so it was okay. I didn't mind switching gears into something else, right? Yeah. And or he would have, he, he was perfectly happy working with me to, to make, make some sort of variant of it if, if I wanted to. And that's the key, right? Working with your players to craft a world together, together. Yeah. Well, that's also um, for our next campaign. That's one of the reasons why I have like zero ideas, zero concepts, nothing. And and I want to sit down with you and completely build my character from scratch with you. And um, of course, you know, there's going to be things I'm like, I'm kind of leaning more towards a martial class. I think that I I would have a lot more fun with a martial class. No Mm -hmm. big deal, but whatever. But like, it's one of the main reasons why I'm like, oh, no, we're... Stormy, you and I are going to go deep and we're just going to hang out and we're just going to build this character together. Right, right. Which I think would be really fun. Agreed. I agree. It's, it's, it's always a better experience that way, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Instead of a... Because then, then there's not a, a s- sort of a disconnected, disjointed kind of... Uh, uh, oh, wow, my, my character is just plopped in this world that has, has no kind of thematic connection to them at all. So then, then, you know, it makes it really tough for the DM to try and, and create any interesting interconnections with their backstory. Uh, and, and whereas if you work together on it, it, it works out. And mm-hmm. again, doing away with alignment instead of helping the player focus on the motivations uh, and the personality of the character, that's way more important. So, thank you so much for saying that, Azolade. <laughs> uh, Majestic Wolf was asking uh, if I stream that com- that that campaign. Oh, he was asking if he's if uh, you're going to be streaming the your Sunday group campaign. Oh no! And no, that's... I shook my head, no. Yeah. And then that's why Insomnia Night was like, why, why not? <laughs> Sorry, no. buddy. That's uh, it's my it's a personal group uh, that you know it's just not what they're into. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I appreciate your your enthusiasm though. It's awesome. Um, yeah, I. I, I like this, and, and and then and then so part two of this conversation. If we decide that that we all are kind of concurred that we can do do away with alignment, right? Mm-hmm. And then also next week when we or not next week, but in a couple of weeks when we have another RPG talk, when we talk about uh, race versus ancestry versus uh, backstory and stuff, I feel like a first level character should get some additional bonus points from their ancestry and maybe even their background, right? Uh, that way the first level character won't be, you know, as, as weak as a baby, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yep. And uh, we just have to figure out the math of how much it breaks the concept of the, the, the ability score progression later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's doable, I think it's fixable. 
Uh, and I don't think your ability, any ability score bumps that you get will come from race at all. Instead, like I said, they'll come from ancestry and from backstory. Mm-hmm. And that way we do away with any kind of, you know, um, unnuanced limitations saying, uh, you know, half orcs are always stronger. Uh, dwarves are mm-hmm. always healthier, you know, halflings are always faster. You know, uh, like, like I said, if I want to make a slow ass Durgar, <laughs> who's a bruiser, you know, or a, uh, uh, and you know, an orc, not even just a half orc. If I want to make an orc raised character who's super charismatic and good at talking people into stuff, I should be able to do that. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that way you give more agency to the player and you, and you, can ha- you have a lot more flexibility for a backstory too. So mm-hmm. why, why is this orc so charismatic? Okay. That comes from background. Yeah. Yeah. So his, his background is, so he grew up, you know, as the fifth born son and that might be more ancestry than background that part right there right but i don't i'm just making something up on the fly no 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 no. (laughs) i that's good stuff i didn't mean to correct you i apologize that is good stuff uh and that that is also why we should discuss this is is ancestry and backstory a bit too close together do we need to have two separate ones or can we just make it one thing and um, well your ancestry would just be your your race no ancestry would be more like your heritage right you're i mean you're right in a way it's sort of race but it's not it's your ancestry right like if you're so, talking about race as a race then you're talking about your genetic makeup right whereas if yeah. you're talking about ancestry um you could actually have somewhere in your world practices what like your cultural practices? Yeah, well, cultural practices or your ancestry would include like fa- your family, you know, were your family nobles, right? Or were they poor, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's part of the ancestry. Again, I might it might make it too complicated. I want it to be simple and easy to pick up. It might be too complicated yeah. to have ancestry yeah, and like, backstory at this yeah because like for okay there's that there's a person like me who so i'm like okay so you're saying ancestry so like my ancestry like i of course i'm going to equate it to myself first before i equate it to another character i'm creating right so sure. like ancestry so my ancestry is you know um you know middle class work like you know working class um you know, uh, both my parents were divorced and we had to blend families, which like, you know, so like, okay, so like my ancestry is like kind of weird. Like I had, you know, my great grandparents immigrated to the United States and like refused to teach like the culture and language because they wanted us to just be like, we're Americans now. So like, you know, so it, it that's ancestry. Is that what you're meaning by that? Versus like, I'm, I'm a quarter Filipino and um, a whole plethora of other things. That that would be like the racial. So that so we're talking about three separate things, not two well, things. right. If you're talking about, I mean, yeah, and that is that's why why I knew this would be a, t- a tough topic to tackle in one session, and why it might yeah. take two or more to to to, to tackle. Um, 
Because really, I guess what I'm getting at is I, I think for our game, we want race, the race that you pick to be aesthetic, not, uh, not, not uh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It needs to be because I think this is cool, <laughs> right? Yeah. That needs to be well, the reason. It needs yeah, to be the aesthetics like, of it. Yeah. And like little things like whether or not they get dark vision, that's like, that's. Well, but even even that, one could argue that. Well, what if there's, you know, if you if you want to talk about, you know, if it's a genetic trait, it's possible that a human could develop a genetic trait where they get dark vision, you know, especially in a mm -hmm. fantasy world, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe what guess... we'll have to do is create like, uh, sort of a, a an initial point system where you have some points that you can spend on certain things, uh. Uh, that that are either racial or ancestral or backstory, and when mm -hmm. you spend those points, you get uh, okay a couple of bullet point scores, uh, or you get dark vision, you know, or you know uh, you get the you know if you're you know something like that. I don't know I, we have to be careful though, because again we can overly complicate it, and that's why yeah. we have these talks, right? To try and I exactly. want to drill down to the simplest solution that still gives people lots of options and freedom to craft mm -hmm. this awesome aesthetic character both visually aesthetic and internally like a personality aesthetic so yes lee yeah that's uh that is our intent why why we have our rpg talks every couple of weeks it's it's only for an hour which means we need to start wrapping up here which is sad i'm sorry we guys have got to go soon um but um yes lee we are developing our own rpg it's basically um we we decided this during the whole kind of drama of wizards of the coast earlier this year um, it was kickstarted because of that. However, Stormy has expressed this is something he's been thinking about for a really long time. So though that's true. it was yeah. kickstarted by the whole, you know, Wizards of the Coast fiasco. Yeah. It has been something that's been chilling in the back of his mind forever. And of course, I I am always more than happy to talk about these kinds of things and to figure them out. Yes, yes. And I, I look forward to a day where we can have an RPG talk where, uh, where, where Fate and, and Star Kitty can join us too, because that would yes. be awesome. So. Yes. Who knows that might be coming up? At mm. least one special guest star for TTRPG. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Hopefully. Depending. We can't, we can't promise anything now. So. No. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be no careful promises. what we tease if we can't follow through. <laughs> well, I don't know. I know, I know. So, um, having said that, I think we we did kind of drill down to some interesting concepts. Um, oh, I know, I know. I know, Lee, I know there are lots of companies out there developing their own thing now because of it. I don't care. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not trying to be mean. Uh, please take this the right way. My intent, my, what I mean by that is I am the kind of person, if I want to do something, I'm going to go for it. And I'm going to get in action and make it happen. Mm -hmm. um, not just yeah. 
Not just sit on it and go, ah, oh, well, somebody else is going to do it, so, uh, you know, why bother? No, I'm not yeah. going to be that way. I mean, if it's something that's meaningful to me, like I said, I've been thinking about this. I've been playing Dungeons & Dragons since 1981, uh, probably before most of you were born. Not all, but many. Um, and, or when some of you were little kids. I was actually a little kid, too, when I started. But uh, the point is, is... Does that make me some expert? No, it just me means that I have a lot of experience with tabletop RPGs. And, mm -hmm. uh, and because of that, like she said, I've always had this kind of thing brewing, percolating in the back of my head of what can I do to, to make a system even better and more enjoyable and easier to get into, and that's... That's the yeah. intent that we're going for. And, and so. even if we get to a point where we like actually make this into a book and it becomes a thing and we only sell five copies and it's literally just me and Fate, Stormy, Star Kitty, and like one other person, we don't <laughs> care. Right. Like, exactly. it will still be cool to be like, look, we made a book. Yeah. And we're playing it live on stream. Yeah. And if people want to buy it, cool. If people think it's ridiculous and they're like meh i like this one better cool mm -hmm. we don't care mm -hmm. we don't care yeah we're just happy to we're just you know also it, you, even if even if any you know it's a, just another fun and creative way to like to do the things like it's a really good brain exercise it's a really good way to talk it's a good way to like get the creative juices flowing Right. Heck yes. Oh, right. don't you worry. If if it ever comes, it will not. When it comes to the Kickstarter part, you will know. I will not shut up about it. You know how much <laughs> I have been promoting it? Yeah. I have not stopped talking about it. We I got can't. him there, I think. Almost. Super close. Like oh, he's... Oh, hold on. Aries. He said something in chat a little while ago. I don't know. He said, okay, Druid, it will happen done the two big things i will not announce nothing that's yeah, not my yes we have to leave that up to him let's just yes. say that we think we're close uh but if we you love haven't it. already yeah go follow d gamer aries right it's my big it's my number one thing that i've been pushing for because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we are and, at war and once we're there then we'll we'll uh we'll help find another amazing person in our community to to highlight and lift up too Yes. And, and I know Aries will be 100% on board with, with helping us with that, without a doubt. Yep. And that's what we love yep. about him. Um, 100%. And, well, I'm uh, at war with him. Zoe said something uh, a little more specific. And we're going to keep on to that, Zoe, for the next chat. I appreciate that. It's, that's, uh, I'll, I'll write it down. Yeah. And because uh, we do actually need to wrap out, Druid, Druid needs to go spend some time with actual plants. <laughs> uh, she's going to spend some time in the yard before she goes to work tonight. So um, I, have a, I have a store meeting. They have to teach us how to use a new piece of equipment. Okay. We have to talk about roles of job. Okay. Sounds cool. It's like, all right, cool. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, as soon as she's done uh, writing that down, we will uh, wrap up for the day. Thank you guys so much for spending your, you know, an hour of your time with us this afternoon. I know it's a different day. I apologize for the shock 
and all of it. Normally it's either on a Wednesday or a Thursday, but you know, sometimes we are beholden to our IRL schedules. And uh, that was the situation with, uh, with Druid today. So instead um, of I'm just going to take a picture of it. Yeah. How about that? I was thinking, or you could copy and paste it too. That, you no, know, I just, works. you know what? I, I, the I, picture is actually is, easier, way yeah. easier. So, um, did it. <laughs> right on. Okay, guys. Well, you all have a wonderful evening. We'll keep you updated. Uh, don't forget that this Friday is uh, our bandwidth, bandwidth and banter again. Uh, it'll be, is this Friday a 2 p.m. one? Yeah, I think so. Uh, it's a very special yes. one. We're going to have our one and only extirpate fate on the show. So yes. we, we get to interview inside our, our, uh, our within the family even deeper. So, um, so if you go, so, the, so be ready. If you guys have any questions for fate, think about it. So when we are ready to pass on questions to chat, you guys are ready with some questions. Right. If you have any, if you right. don't, that's cool. That's fine. But if you have any questions, if you're curious or whatever, think about it. Yep, we'll, we'll, we'll re we it. always reserve the last half hour of the interview for that. So we appreciate you guys so much. Um, <laughs> Fate must be in a separate room from Druid. Ooh, ooh. I don't know if that's even doable though with, their, with the tech they have over there. So, uh, it wouldn't look good. Yeah, we'll be okay, we'll be okay. Uh, I appreciate the idea, Zoe. And as always, thank you all for joining Bandwidth and Banter. You want to outro us there, there, Druid? Thank you so much, you guys, for sitting here and listening to us talk. We love the creative process. We love your guys' like, inputs in, in, <laughs> inputs and thoughts. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. We love you guys. Indeed. Catch y'all later. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye, guys.